Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of Blankets and Boundaries, being present with our children. I'm your guide, Duke Novak. And if you are someone who prioritizes and values the care of young people and the raising of young people, uh, this podcast will be for you. In our very first episode, I will be uh, exploring and describing a little bit of my experiences in life that have led me to this place, and also the amazing and extraordinary work of Father Gregory Boyle out in Los Angeles, California. He's a Jesuit priest who runs Homeboy Industries, the largest gang intervention program in the world. So without further ado, let's get started. I wanted to begin by explaining some of my own life experiences that have brought me here uh, to this work of working with young people. It, It began in Seattle. I was an actor. I went to undergraduate school for theater. And in between theater jobs, I started to work with young children at different children's uh, theaters. I worked with kids as young as three um, using, you know, drama and theater as a way to, to educate. I also worked with kids in the high school uh, till teenagers. And I also did a stint at a college. Um, one of the highlights in Seattle is I got the opportunity to work at a juvenile detention center and worked with these young ladies who were pretty much on lockdown. And we created a play together and and performed that. Then I moved down to Los Angeles, where I taught uh, physical education to kids of the rich and famous. So this was a whole different environment. And that was ages K through six. And then from there, I decided to get my Montessori certificate. So I moved to St. Louis and uh, I'm certified Montessori to teach three to six year olds. And I did that for a couple of years. And then finally, I was like, why don't I become a social worker and also uh, take that that degree and work with children as well. So currently I'm a school social worker at a high school and I work specifically with kids who have emotional and behavioral challenges. But there's one experience I want to focus on uh, that I had in my early 30s. And that is when my life uh, all of a sudden turned upside down. And pretty much lost my bearings and, and literally lost everything. I lost my job. I lost my partner. I moved. I, I just I lost everything, including my mind. It was as if the, the earth had split open and I had fallen down into it. I was, my body was filled with anxiety. Um, all my hope was drained out of my pores. And I was left in this this void of hopelessness. Some would call it a nervous breakdown, psychotic break, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
dark night of the soul. This is what I was experiencing. It was basically hell on earth. Everything that I held true was now false. All my defenses were of no help. Scariest, most frightening time in my life. And here I was, having been raised by two, you know, great parents, um, very traditional, but prioritized parenting. So how, how was this happening? You know, in terms of education, very successful educational career, um, had talents in the theater, athletic ability, but yet here I was in my early 30s with nothing. Even <laughs> recollecting this time brings up, you know, kind of some uncomfortable feelings. There were even times during this episode that I wanted to end my life. So it was pretty bad, pretty horrible place to be. So how could this be if I was raised and had a, you know, seemingly normal, traditional childhood? And I was lucky enough to find a therapist who I still talk to to this day that helped guide me through this dark place. And to be honest, you know, he, he helped me through it. He, he guided me through it. And it, it's still, you know, it's still, it's like a lifelong practice to, to rebuild um, who I am and what I am. So this, this podcast series is pretty much dedicated to him and his name is uh, Dr. Jeffrey Hutter. So thank you, Jeffrey, as always. And that experience really propelled me into this line of work. And having worked with all these different types of children, different ages, different cultural backgrounds, different financial backgrounds, really, I was, I was looking for like a through line. They all still seem like kids to me. And what was it that these kids were, were needing? What were, what were these kids asking for? Um, and that's where this title comes from, Blankets and Boundaries. And this idea of authentic compassion. Kristen Neff, PhD, uh, writes a lot and does a lot of research on self-compassion. And when she mentions this idea to the media or to other people, she says she gets a response like, oh boy, we're going to have a nation of sissies now. As if compassion were this 
weak word or this idea of being a sissy or a wimp. Um, I was nicknamed Duke after the legendary cowboy actor John Wayne. That's what I was raised to be, is a man who is strong and stoic. And not to put my hands over my heart or to feel. That was strong. And to be compassionate was weak. But as Kristen Neff explains, that couldn't be farther from the truth. Compassion has this very strong and powerful meaning to it. Look at some of our, you know, famous um, leaders, um, Mandela, Gandhi, Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa. You know, she explains that compassion sometimes is a very powerful and strong, no, that is wrong. So the title of this podcast is Blankets and Boundaries. It takes both. I felt like these kids were were reaching out for both sides of the yin and the yang. And not just this back and forth from offering kids these emotional blankets and zero boundaries or offering these kids these strict boundaries like I was explaining about my childhood, but a lack of emotional blankets so hence the title blankets and boundaries and that will be our exploration is how to include the whole picture when raising and caring for our kids authentic compassion that includes both that is powerful strong and sensitive Nothing stops a bullet like a job, says Father Gregory Boyle. And that's who we'll be discussing now, the the magnificent and godly work of this man uh, who started Homeboy Industries, which has become the largest gang intervention program in the world. Um, There's a documentary on on Father Gregory Boyle called G-Dog, um, I got it on Amazon, but if you're interested, it's it's such a great watch. Um, so this man is a Jesuit priest. That's his lens that he looks at the world through. And, you know, like Joseph and Mary, you know, providing for the birth of the baby Jesus, uh, this man has provided both blankets and boundaries for thousands of gang members. He has written two books, the most popular being Tattoos on the Heart, The Power of Boundless Compassion, and also Barking to the Choir, The Power of Radical Kinship. Father uh, Gregory Boyle is able to see these kind of see through these gang members to their soul 
he doesn't see the the behaviors as much as ask the question why uh, do these young children grow up to join gangs and and in essence kind of need these gangs to get by he's able to with his compassionate heart wide open never give up on these human beings and they know that he genuinely cares for them believes in them and wants to help guide them to a better place Uh, and he has this quote about a job so he uh, Homeboy Industries is a place for these gang members, even after they've been incarcerated, to go to where he gives them the possibility of a different different life. He gives them options. He, he gives them jobs. They have a cafe. Um, they print shirts. They have a bakery. And he has turned around the lives of so many people. As well as he's experienced a lot of the, a lot of death of some of these folks. It it reminds me of the starfish story where there's, you know, hundreds of starfish on the beach and they're they're dying and this man is trying to throw them back into the water to save them but there's so many starfish on the beach that you know he's just making a little dent in in helping these few starfish and someone walks up to him and says you know why are you doing that what it's not going to make a difference And the man replies, well, it's going to make a difference to that one starfish. And that's what Father Gregory Boyle, I mean, he's throwing back as many starfish as he can and not asking or not questioning, you know, the bigger picture. And I'm sure his... He's he's got such a great take on his, uh, you know, um, Christian Jesuit training. He feels people are are yearning for this authentic interpretation of of Jesus's work that is about inclusion and compassion and care. And he, you know, he he says, you know, secular society is going to have a problem with Christianity when it's inauthentic. But that even atheists, he, he says, yearn for this sort of inclusive, compassionate care that he believes Jesus was all about. 
And this idea of kinship really drives his work. Genuine kinship. And I, I like this word kinship because in education, I, I hear the word relationships a, a lot. You got you to gotta make relationships. That's the key. And I, I, I agree with that, that sentiment. But this word kinship goes a little bit further to where you meet at a place of humanity. You're able to become brothers and sisters with each other. Um, or, or parents. Or caregivers. Father Gregory Boyle doesn't have any children of his own, to my knowledge. But what a parent he has been to all these young people. What a genuine both father and mother to these young people. He tells a story in his book. He tells a lot of stories, um, and they're all marvelous. If you get a chance to to read any of his work or watch that documentary, G-Dog. He's speaking of this African-American game member who had just spent 20 years in prison coming to him in his mid-40s. And he describes his demeanor as being so gentle and, and so kind. And he asks, you know, why are you on, you know, parole and high control? You know, they're really watching this, this guy. How, how did someone as kind and gentle and tender as you end up on high control parole? And then this man takes a pause and he basically just says to father, rough childhood. And they, they begin to laugh. You know, this, this man's mom was a prostitute. His father was killed when um, he was nine. Um, and he was just deposited with his three brothers into an apartment building and mom just walked out and never, they never saw her again. Um, so, you know, he had to survive. He had to survive this very rough childhood without parents, complete abandonment. And then, you know, here he is in his mid-40s and he he tells father, you know, we I've decided to be loving and kind in the world. Now I'm I'm just hoping the world will return the favor. If you get a chance Read some of his work. He is a model of providing blankets and boundaries. 
because some of the folks in our society, some of the human beings in our society that have had it so rough as children have had to raise themselves basically have have joined gangs not because that's their lifelong ambition but almost out of necessity and he offers them a job a different option he offers them love love that breaches the outward and embraces the inward soul of these human beings. He offers them boundaries. These jobs, if they're not, you know, on time or, or doing them well, they lose their job. If they, you know, decide not to do the program, the way the program is set up with the structure of these jobs and, and, and work, they don't, you know, they aren't allowed back. And those are the limits and boundaries that also aid these folks and know that the compassion is real and authentic. Without boundaries, the blankets become sentimental. They can become enabling and sappy. So this man, and it's a, a great man to start our podcast off with because he is, he exemplifies this idea of true compassion, providing both blankets and boundaries. And, and blankets can also be referred to as those, you know, those necessary resources that children need and people need. So not only are they emotional blankets, but it's also about the job and the money, the food to put on the table, the shelter, the clothes. Blankets also means that as well. So it's it's that full full spectrum of what we need to provide our kids. Resources, emotional support, and boundaries to feel secure. Now I'd like to tell a story from the book, Don't Worry, Be Grumpy. Uh, Inspiring Stories for Making the Most of Each Moment by Ajahn Brahm. And the title of this story is What We Really Want. So the abbot woke up one early morning. Nothing unusual in that. But he was awakened by the sound of something moving in the nearby shrine, shrine room. That was unusual because most of the monks would normally be practicing their, their morning chanting So he went to investigate, and in the darkness, he saw a silhouette of a hooded figure. It was a burglar. What do you want, my friend, said the abbot. Give me the key to the donation box, punk, said the burglar. And he was brandishing a long, sharp knife. The abbot saw the weapon but felt no fear. He felt only compassion for the young man. Certainly, said the abbot. 
handing over the key. And the thief frantically emptied the box of cash. The abbot noticed the robber's jacket was torn, his face pale and gaunt. When was the last time you've eaten, dear boy? Shut up, barked the burglar. Um, you know, you'll, you'll find some food in the cupboard next to the donation box. Help yourself. The, the thief paused a moment in confusion. He was taken aback by the abbot's consideration for his welfare. Still pointing the knife at the monk just in case, he hurriedly filled his pockets with cash from the donation box and food from the cupboard. And don't call the cops either or else, he shouted. Why should I call the police? Answered the abbot calmly. Those donations are to help poor people like you. And I have freely given you the food. You have stolen nothing. Go in peace. The next day, the abbot explained what had happened to his fellow monks. They were all very proud of their abbot. And a few days later, the abbot read in the newspaper that the burglar had been caught robbing another house. And this time he was sentenced to 10 years in jail. And just about 10 years later, the same abbot was woken up early in the morning by someone, the sound of someone in the shrine room. And he got up to investigate. And yes, you've guessed it. He saw the old burglar standing next to the donation box carrying a sharp knife. Remember me? Shouted the burglar. Oh, yes. Um, here's the key. <laughs> then the burglar smiled, put down the knife and said gently, Sir, put away the key. I couldn't stop thinking about you all those days, long days in prison. You were the only person in my entire life who was kind to me, who actually cared about me. Yes, I have come back to steal again, but I realized that last time I took the wrong thing. This time, I have come to take your secret of kindness and inner peace. That is what I really wanted in the first place. Please hand over the key to compassion. Make me your disciple. This thief became a monk and became rich beyond his wildest dreams. Not with money, but with a wealth of kindness and inner peace. That is what we all really want. What a steal. Now to finish off this podcast, uh, I'm going to answer a question from someone who um, is a parent and asked me, uh, how do you be present with your children? That's a great question <laughs> um, because it's such an essential aspect of being a caregiver for anyone really how do we be present with those that we love Thich Nhat Han says it's the greatest gift we can give is our presence with somebody else you know I, I like to I mean there are meditation techniques out there mindfulness techniques that you can start practicing but really it's a it's a deep listening it's being able to Listen to your children while setting aside all your own anxieties, all your own desires, 
all your own distractions, and listen with your, your fullness, with your heart wide open, with your mind open, and just listen. And that is when you can provide, if you're truly listening, then you know what to provide in what moment. Whether it be a blanket or a boundary. So thank you for listening today to our to our first ever podcast in this series. And uh, the next episode, um, there'll be a special guest. And the focus will be on the work of another... <laughs> famous person who started a television show named Mr. Rogers. See you next time.